You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about without having to compromise life's everyday hustle. So save your kvetching. We're talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to today's episode with me, Karen Cinnamon, and a very special guest talking about fighting the Jewish hate in the world with Jewish unity and positivity and joy, which you know is something that I stand for. Now, I think you can hear I've got a bit of a croaky voice. Don't worry, you're not going to be listening to this croaky voice of Karen with a cold because actually my guest and I pre-recorded our episode a while back. So it's just the introduction with a croaky voice. So hang on there. You're not going to listen to this the whole way through. So I wanted to bring today's episode out right now because it is such a tough time in the world. There is so much hatred and fear and all sorts of scary things going on in the world. And I want to make sure you know about Humans of Judaism. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you know about the account Humans of Judaism. But if you don't, it is so uplifting, so inspiring. It's led to so many amazing things. I'm such a fan of it. I thought I had to invite the founder of the account, Nikki Schreiber, onto the podcast to talk about what she does with Humans of Judaism, where she brings Jewish stories to life um, for almost 10 years now. So Nikki and I today are talking all about Jewish hate, how to fight the Jewish hate, and how we're doing it with Jewish unity and positivity. So it's such a great episode for right now, for this period in the world. You're going to take so much out of it, and I can't wait for you to listen. So let's dive in. So welcome, Nikki, to the Your Jewish Life Your Way podcast. Finally, we get to meet each other, hopefully one day in real life as well. (laughs) Thank you for having me, and yes, I look forward to that. So how many people listening, um, quick poll, know the name Nikki Schreiber? And how many people listening know the account Humans of Judaism, right? This is Miss Humans of Judaism on the podcast today. I am so, or is it Mrs.? I am so excited, <laughs> Miss. I have so many questions. Our, I polled my uh, membership community. They've got questions. We just, we just want to get down to the good stuff. So uh, I'm excited. And I think I've got to start with the question everybody wants to know. What inspired you to start this account? And and how do you think it holds? It sort of stands tall, you know, it's something special. <laughs> I love to hear that. Well, it's interesting because um, I started the page um, in June of 2014. And that was actually during the year of mourning um, for the sudden loss of my father. So a few months into that mourning period, um, which, you know, is an interesting structure and really have a lot of time because you're not going out to different events or celebrations or weddings, you know, or anything. Um, so um, I wanted to do something meaningful in his memory. And um, one day I just sort of had this idea without really um, any 
major ambition uh, other than just throwing something at the wall, see what sticks and, um, and just try to put something good out there. So I created an Instagram account called Humans of Judaism, which was intended to focus on the good, sort of the human side of Judaism and our traditions and our stories. I ended up just creating this page and it happened to also coincide with the summer of uh, Gilad, Ayal, and Naftali and Operation Protective Edge in Israel, who was the kidnapping and, um, and the deaths of those three boys. And it was an emotional summer. And I remember it like yesterday, it was really, it was difficult. And I think that our community as a whole we're sort of leaning into and looking for things that would provide a bit of strength and unity and, you know, something just that was warm because I think we were just uh, hurting uh, as a group. So towards the end of the summer, the page had already yielded like 10,000 followers. And this was in 2014. And uh, when November came around, which marked the one year for my father, it was sort of like, oh, am I going to like keep this going? <laughs> you know, it was initially just really, I didn't expect it to have such a reception. So I just kept it going. And fast forward to today, I'm just really seeing that uh, I think more than ever, we need more and more pages and spaces that are um, supportive of the things that we love within our traditions. That's wow. I had no idea it was it was such a personal reason. Wow. Every time you create a post, do you think of your your father and, and his ins inspiration for what you've done in the world? <laughs> I do. And and it's also with um, the partnerships, the opportunities, the things I get to do, the milestones, the people I get to meet, the reach, the education and, and the things that it's doing, you know, especially when just when I'm involved in, like I said, like with charities or things, there's so many spaces to do things in a memorial. And it really has opened up a lot of opportunities and doors to just continue to leave that mark. So when you started it in 2014 as a tribute, what was your goal at the time? And has that changed? Was it to show the diversity of Jewish identity? Was it to bring a reality, you know, the word Jews? Actually, these are all, you know, incredible individuals. What, what was your goal? And has that changed over time? There's definitely been a lot of evolution. The internet, social media, the world is a different place from 2014 and to where it is now. And there's been so many different modifications. As an editor and um, you know, producing, initially it was funny because I always sort of spoke on there the you know the way I speak and with my own dialect of Jewish speak, Hebrew, you know, all that. Uh, just example, like I say, good Shabbos. So um, I started to adapt and evolve. That I realized I wanted. To to be sure to speak in a more universal language. I wanted to make sure that this was a completely inclusive environment that really was trying to share our fundamental principles um, so that it can be relatable and sort of a warm space for everyone, no matter how much you practice or even if you don't practice, just something that perhaps you've encountered in your life or just other types of Jews for them to explore their stories and understand where they come from and some of their history. It's all ours, our history. So there's been a lot of changes, certainly in the last uh, short amount of time. Also just with what it means to be producing content that cheerleads and celebrates how proud we are of our traditions and our history um, and much of things that people uh, these days uh, perhaps are trying to rewrite or say differently. So I really started to take more seriously posting Holocaust history, uh, since there's so much denial and re rewriting and things like that. A lot of Israel information, uh, history and education, since clearly that seems to be uh, a real hot topic. 
So I'm just trying to fill the more current gaps, which at the beginning, it was more of trying to achieve sort of a lighter, sort of freer space. That's interesting. I really want to talk to you about Jewish pride, because I feel that some of the posts that I think seem to be the most engaged or viral, as you want to call it, are the ones that really shout Jewish pride. I know you've got one pinned at the moment at the time of recording uh, that of a Star of David and that story. Is it at the Starbucks? That was an early on post and it's one of my favorite stories. It's a beautiful post. We'll link we'll link to it in the show notes so that everyone can yeah. see it. But it almost bring, brings one to tears in a very, what I love also, you understand today as well. The stories are a paragraph or two and wow, it's concise, but we feel every emotion of, of Jewish pride and, and so much more. But I think so often as Jews in 22, our interactions in the world, yeah, even when you're hanging out on Instagram or on the website, wherever you're engaging with what you're posting, Often our interactions are rooted in in some kind of shame in a way that we're supposed to sort of diminish our Jewishness to fit into non-Jewish spaces or we don't see enough of that. And so when we see something like that, it's just, it's like you can breathe easy, you know. Oh. And and what are your thoughts on, on Jewish pride and the, the, the posts that you create really alluding to, to our pride? It's, it's interesting with Jewish pride and Jewish pride online. Often what I felt the duty to do is try to fill the spaces wherever I meet the reader or follower user and to fill those spaces with content that, that they can take in and that may also be shareable and helpful for them to sort of also display that pride or this type of history or information that they're so proud of. It's, it's been an interesting journey, especially over the last couple of short years. And while censorship or algorithms or whatever you call it on, you know, social media sort of is running rampant, it almost sort of is training the creator to, to step, steer away from these words or location tags or content items that perhaps would present a lot of spam bots or less exposure. I really dealt a lot with that thought over the last year since that whole thing happened last uh, May twenty one. Yeah, know it um, mm -hmm. exactly. And so, I've finally um, really just reminded myself that's exactly what they want us to do: is to reduce our pride, reduce these things, and it's something I'll never compromise on. Because individually, I'm very proud, but as a responsibility to the page and to the community, we have to sh like lead by example and share that pride without fear. It's, it is well received, as you mentioned. So, like you say, it's a wonderful feeling for others and for yourself when you create posts like that that are then shared. It's like you're finding the words where maybe others can't, but they can easily share it and spread and it, the, the ripple effect. So, you've mentioned quite a few times already the last two years, the changes, the yes. two short years. Like, tell me what what is that all about? <laughs> it's so funny because as as you even indicated your awareness and knowledge of, you know, uh, for all Jewish creators, I'm certain many Jewish, just the average user who's just participates in commentary on different news feeds or wherever, we have been targeted as a community. You know, there's a lot of conversation, or at least internally within our community conversation about anti-Semitism being at its highest height um, out there in the streets, out there in the real world, you know, all around the world. But I don't think we speak enough about the anti-Semitism that's run rampant on social media and that's allowed. Um, my best example is on Instagram, they will arbitrarily like hide comments that perhaps seem like hate speech or something that they'll automatically deem on their own. 
and you can unhide it. it it'll appear at the bottom of your comment section. But it's fascinating because the number one expression that seems to always be hidden by their own hands on my page and every variation in, in the English and Spanish and all different languages, Am Yisrael Chai. Isn't that a funny one? No, that's, it's, that's uh, interesting because I haven't experienced that on my page. I wonder what's triggered it. Obviously it's, it must be it's different. so fascinating. But the point is, is that it really took its toll, I think, on a lot of creators mm -hmm. and had me reevaluate my approach because my entire approach was about being proud and happy about my, you know, about our Jewish community and existence. And when anti-Semitism is, you know, as top in the last several decades, it's, it's really challenging. It's, it's really just become something that is a new experience. And just we're all, I think, starting to work on defense as we're also trying to do whatever it is you're creating on social media. And you don't have to be a Jewish content creator specifically to, to experience this. It's if it's just a Yom HaShoah or you know, some random day of the year, like it's a Jewish holiday, it could be just a Shana Tova or something. And you'll get a, you know, I don't even want to give the hashtag any life, but you know, you'll get a lot of bots and different hate filled comments um, that are very anti-Semitic. So I learned on the wonderful Jews Talk Justice program by the Tel Aviv Institute earlier this year, well, sorry, from one, not from them themselves, from one of the other participants, which has changed everything for me. So the hashtag that you're mentioning, for instance, you mm -hmm. can, there's something in Instagram called if somebody, hidden words, hidden words so that it doesn't, I, I have that. Yeah. You squeak through, um, there's different places. It's in various, remember I'm on various platforms. So, yes. um, there are a lot of measures and a lot of proactive tools to sort of get ahead of this. I, I know Facebook has similar type things, but somehow hate always has yes. a really determined way of getting through. It just fascinates me that the things that I don't want hidden get hidden and real calls for our death, you know, our social media oversight seems to miss. So it's just confusing, but definitely so what, those measures are good to navigate. Has it changed your strategy with what you put out? Um, how has this impacted the account? I think I too am human. <laughs> so yes, initially, <laughs> yes, it was, you know, emotionally, there was a reaction, you know, after last May, just sort of trying to figure out how to navigate when you feel like there's nobody in customer service at social media, you can call and there's no, there's no recourse, there's no action, you know, so you're on your own, we're all yes. on our own. And the most that we have is each other to sort of support the understanding that you're not alone. And there are a lot of, like we said, different ways to protect yourself and organize, but for, for quite a bit of time, it, it took a lot for me to dust off and get back up mentally. I'm still was producing. There's no real gap or lapse on the, on, on the work, but up here, you know, it really, it grabbed me. Then mm -hmm. I was determined to not let it grab me and fuel my, you know, intentions that much stronger because I was reminded of how much more there is a need for our work. And, you know, we discussed this before even getting on the podcast that it's just so important that there's so much space for all of us. And we should all be supporting one another and rooting each other on because it does take a lot for everyone. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. If you have, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still, it affects us because it's being attacked for just your identity. And uh, that's certainly a common understanding these days from, from all walks of life. Yeah. And have you, in the last couple of years, have you, with the rise of anti-Semitism, 
Have you seen different sort of comments from actual people that are supporters of your account, sort of any stories, anything in terms of the submissions or anything like that? Or is it always a similar style of human stories being submitted and you do you do your wonderful job of curating and, and presenting them for us? Thank you. I, I find that very often the stories that come in um, do fit a certain expectation of the page. But there's definitely a lot that's reflective of, you know, the times. And I also try to make sure to sort of address what people are feeling. I really, you know, one of the things that I work hard on is also making it a, you know, non-political space. It's, it's I've maintained the focus on our one, you know, connection on the page is that. just Judaism. It's it, everything cores and stems from Judaism and um, and and a lot of the followers are our friends and supporters that are not Jewish, that just love learning about our authentic traditions and stories. I try also to serve, you know, if there's some sort of a terror attack, say, in Israel, and it just hits, and, and it's like, I don't even want to give, you know, I, I some things I even just have to measure. I'll provide a story that, you know, something nice that happened in the area as a result of that incident. So I try to sort of meet, because today's headlines are rough. So finding a silver lining is a job. That's so. beautiful. I mean, wow. And that, so you have to almost, you know, put your emotions to one side, do the work and, 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 you know, you're creating so much joy in so much, in such a tough era. It's, it's something else. And how do you go about finding those special silver line stories that we all need to hear right in that moment? Um, I always say that I'm a follower before an, I'm an editor. And I really also like to put out what I like. You mentioned that you notice it's a shorter sort of bites. I always consider social media like short attention span theater. So I deliver that. And I also try to really strip it of any sort of my own personal feelings or, you know, any sort of that. It's really delivering the meat and potatoes, you know, finding those spaces. It's curating a lot of it. I mean, I even just said a lot of them are feel good stories, but a, a lot of the content that I post is often about the Holocaust, which clearly is not <laughs> what one consider, but it's taking the lessons, it's learning, it's honoring uh, the memory of, of, of the history and, and much that's happened to us. And that's shaped where we are in present day. And, and it's sort of just, you know, putting it in this space and, and following also what people respond to. I'll post something, it may not be a hit. I'll try, I always love to try new things and uh, do different things uh, to just see what's interesting. And things will do very well and sometimes things just yeah don't and that's okay you so have to try stuff so you know you talk about it being very inclusive space which it is and I think one of the things that bonds each and every one of your posts and makes it so inclusive is that it's all about the Jewish values you know what we value as a as a culture as a religion as a, as as for being Jewish and I love that that you're you're bringing that to the forefront I gotta ask you do you have a favorite human of Judaism do you have a favorite story what comes to mind when I say that not that you've got any favorite children I know, I know what right? comes to mind <laughs> I guess I'll put it on that uh, Jewish star story that you said you'll include in this really one of my favorites it was an early on post um, that I like to sometimes also tell stories more than once I don't need to just tell someone you know sure. uh, history one time so that was one of my earlier ones but it still deserved its top spot on the penning and it was just talking about a woman's Jewish star necklace and that Jewish pride. And that's really the, that's the summary and total of it all. You know? I mean, it's timeless content. And, you know, if you posted it 
on your day one or you posted it yesterday it's it 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 feels so current sadly and positively negatively for all the reasons it feels very current so I've got to ask you having interacted with so many Jews across the spectrum you know you see more stories than everyone else obviously the unpublished ones the published ones everything what takeaways do you have what factors tend to lead to a strong confident Jewish identity I'd love any tips for listeners who's you know some of our listeners struggle to feel secure in their Jewish identity so they don't feel Jewish enough or they maybe only got one Jewish parent or they're not practicing at the moment or they've lapsed or what having seen all this what 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 tend what leads to a, a strong confident Jewish identity in your eyes well I definitely want to speak to that one sentiment that you said but I, I have to say everybody is Jewish enough there there's no requirement it's it's not a college course you need these prerequisites or things you know it's just it's really you know if you're Jewish you're Jewish and there's I think there's varying levels there are times that you know, when things were, I live in New York City, um, and there's so many, you'll catch every <laughs> different uh, type of Jew across the spectrum in a nice concentrated area. And it's nice to see varying ways of, 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 of those, you, you know, displaying their Jewish pride. And what I would say to anyone that might be struggling, you're not alone. It's not an easy thing. It's, it's, you know, but you're, but the whole point is, you're not alone. We, all have in one way or another, if you walk into a certain environment, or if you, you know, whatever would elicit somebody to just feel a little bit uncomfortable with their identity, we've all experienced it. And um, just, you don't have to do anything that anyone, you know, that you think society expects of you, whatever pride you show is enough. That's it. Just do whatever, you know, what, whatever makes you happy about it. And even just listening to this podcast or engaging with the Humans of Judaism account and feeling something, right. it's, it's, it, that's what being Jewish is about. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's so many things. And what about you and your identity? Has that in any way changed? Has it changed you on your own Jewish identity or place in the Jewish world through, through doing what you do? It's so funny because personally, I'm a very private person by nature. This page allows me to shout out with a big megaphone on the rooftop you know, how much I love our history, how much I love our stories and our community and our traditions. And it's a great outlet for so many things. What it does, though, is it certainly allows me to meet a lot of more interesting people, connect, have more conver interesting conversations like this one, and delve in deeper, <laughs> you know, and really talk about it and uh, grow and learn from the people that I'm meeting and just snowballing into more and more of that pride. <laughs> and tell me yeah. about your childhood. Did you have a sort of, you know, strong Jewish values, culture, identity at home from, you know, growing up? How, how, how did you become the Jewish woman you are today? The pages in memory of my father and, and my mom, who should live and be well at 120, um, she, it's in, you know, it's in my father's memory and it's in my mother's, with my mother's support. Oh, and that's beautiful. It, oh, it really that. is. I mean, even just the other day, she was proofreading something when I always just, uh, she's my second editor. I'm like, can you just look this over for real quick? <laughs> but, um, it's really reflective of the values I grew up with. My family is just absolutely proud of our practice. And within our family, you have all different, you know, different uh, types of Jews and, it's just nice to see everyone, you know, enjoying that. And I think that that's what really plays itself out on the page is just sharing, you know, um, all those different variety as much as I can. <laughs> and 
what would you say to, you know going back to the anti-semitism we talked about earlier obviously it's an issue for, for so for every one of us whether it's a small microaggression or overt acts of hate that we experience what would you say to someone who fears being openly jewish due to the rise of anti-semitism um i think that's the design is to put that fear into us um it's sort of like uh the terror attacks in Israel with the intentions to keep us away from spaces, uh, things like that. I guess up until more modern day, I don't know, you know, we we really have been, uh, haven't had to confront this sort of age old generational old story, you know, from generation to generation, uh, people trying to come after us. Um, and we're facing it now. And it's, you know, it's a real test to sort of learn our coping and management, speak about it, uh, you know, get that support if you're feeling a certain way about it, but I wouldn't, I, we can't allow anyone to do that. I, and I also, I mean, as I said, I'm in New York, so it's, it's, it's really um, somewhat open and easier here. I don't recommend somebody specifically putting themselves in a dangerous situation to promote their Jewish pride, but, you know, but you should always have that pride. Nobody should be able to take away that from you, that identity. It literally is the design of anti-Semitism is to make us feel that way so true and you know fear is often so much bigger than than the reality you know what you what you fear in your head um i live in a fairly jewish area in, in london and i i did i tell this i didn't tell the story in the podcast i said it on instagram the other day i was um you know the guys at unkosher market they made some fun t-shirts they're called, great yeah, yeah so i have one that says <laughs> totes kosher on it and it's super cute and i was just wearing it for for a reel i was creating and I needed to sort of hop over and go out. And I, and I really thought, so I said, should I go out, you know, for 10 minutes wearing this T-shirt? And the fact that I even had that thought, we automatically have that thought. And I thought, yes, I'm going to wear the T-shirt. And I walked around the T-shirt. What people thought, I don't know. But no one stopped. No one could care less, actually. That's how I felt. And actually, people, I realized people are so busy, or, you know, nine times out of 10, people are so busy with what they're feeling. They don't, you know, and it felt good to just, drop the shackles release and just be you know and I learned a little lesson that day I I too have had that pause and it's funny because then I'll go out for a walk around my neighborhood and then I'll see these just openly religious Jews walking around with no fear no care like you know just and it's I'm like I take away a lesson too I'm like you know what if this if he can do it if she could do it you know I can do it but it, it, it does give you that pause. And that's yeah. reflective of where we're up to. You'd never think that we would ever take a second step about putting on a cool t-shirt like that. There's something <laughs> about, there's something about, you know, you get home and it's the Jewish home and you can, but you go out that door and you think subconsciously often, you know, do I want to draw attention to my Jewishness or not? And it's like, why do you think we are still in that you know you live in New York City I live in northwest London which is a very Jewish area yes. yet we're still having those pauses as you say it's so fascinating um and that has been some of the success of uh of a lot of the things that have been going on I think we possibly had a period of just hurting and uh accepting this shocking new reality but I think a lot of people are in that new mode of productive move forward. And let's come up with some solutions here. Let's, you know, put out positive content. Let's create this sort of supportive community. Uh, let's talk openly and let's talk about the elephant in there. Let's, you know, let's acknowledge the problem so we can finally, you know, 
it's really out there. There's really anti-Semitism and people really uh, do not like us simply for that identity. But um, but in these spaces and in these conversations like we're having and hopefully with all the listeners, let's just create a more positive and supportive space and let's come from a place of love. This this coming from a place of hate is just not for me. Yeah. I'm not into it. <laughs> so, I'm not into it. And I'm know? also very not into being driven by fear on any aspect of my life right. you know I think fear can imprison that imprison us and keep us diminished which is again what sort of anti-semitism is about it's about diminishing our Jewishness instead of that's what I love that Jewish and proud I don't know who started the Jewish and proud hashtag but it's it's iconic <laughs> now do you know who started it you're a you're an OG. I feel like God is... started it maybe. I mean, like how long ago? Jewish and proud could not be something since hashtags <laughs> But wait, you said 2014. Instagram was like, you probably only had a few other Jewish creator accounts at that time, surely. What was it like? Um, it what was... was it like back in 2014? <laughs> Let me take you old children back, you know, this old grandmother here. Um, 2014 was a wonderful time, kids. We etched things on stone. Um, it was... It was different. It was back in the days of just taking pictures of your food or using some cool hippie dippy filter, you know. Yeah. Um, it was a different time, but you know, I did discover some creators then that uh, you know, I'm still following to this day. And then you see all the new uh styles and you know, as social media has evolved since then, it's so wonderful to see people interpret, you know, uh their uh mm. Jewish pride in different ways. Um, but back then it was um, less anti-Semitism. How yes. about that? Yes. <laughs> Much a more free and open space to speak on our homeland and not feel like we'll be maligned for it. So it was a, it was definitely, it was a simpler time. And tell <laughs> you know? me what, you've got several hundred thousand followers. Does that mean you are, you've got mods and you've got to be in the comments all the time or do you have a pretty supportive yeah what is going you know 200,000 that is a lot of of people with a lot of opinions you know what do they say two Jews three opinions anyway so even if it's all you know what I mean I'm not even talking about anti-Semitism talking about exactly you didn't say that she's not really that old yet what goes on in the comments on your account so Every Jewish woman will nod their head at this. It takes a woman to do it all. Um, so I actually really manage everything. But it's not by mistake. And I've done a lot of different work and projects and different non-for-profit organizations that deal with um, also sensitive subject. It's also about guiding. We started off this conversation by me telling you about the horrendous comments that come in. But it is a percentage and a small percentage um, and by design and intention because I'm not putting out provocative content. I'm very strategic and uh, specific with that because I'm not looking to start fights or debates in the comments. I'm looking for mm-hmm. unity and, you know, just a quick warm spot and then you can move on with your day. I'm not mm-hmm. looking to incite any of that. So because of that, you know, and because of also the different uh, things that I can put in place for hate, words, speech and, and different regulations, the total of it really, it does maintain a great percentage of a positive environment. And the final piece is I'm posting picture. I'm posting pictures and stories of people's real grandparents. These are real people. This is not characters on a show. So I'm just as protective over their grandfather as if it would be my own. And make sure that the comments are doesn't have to be all agreeable comments. But the hate speech that it just has no place on the page. I'm not going to give a platform for it. Yeah, so. really, really, really interesting what you're saying. Really, really, really makes a lot of sense that it's, you know, almost 
yeah it's your role to protect the people that have given your story to you know to to be shared and such such personal stories have you thought about doing a beautiful kind of coffee table book or you know (laughs) I I have um you know I had a lot of good thoughts definitely got a bit held up over the last two years of all the different changes but that is hopefully in my sights in the near future so stay tuned we'll see well so is that the answer to one of my next questions which is going to be what is next for humans with Judaism I, if I'm being completely honest in this little therapy session of ours here, <laughs> I, I really had a lot of ambition when things started, you know, once it started to settle in and I was going on a specific trajectory and things really did come to a screeching halt in the last year and a half on the sort of back end of projects and things, you know, um, I really have made an effort to maintain everything on the front end and everything looks the same but I'm getting up now and I'm really exploring different things. And I've worked through a lot of, you know, the anti-Semitism I feel like has, it's had it's really had an impact. Yes. So I feel like now I'm really trying to strive and pursue. And as much as I'm sure we have all had those days, you wake up, you want to really quit because like, mm-hmm. why do I need to do this? Like I'm, I'm, st- I'm playing defense before I'm even playing anything else. Um, but I think once you sort of work through it, you not only recognize that I have to keep going, but because of the way I've been feeling, I have a duty to keep going and sort of trying to find new spaces, find new things, meet everyone where they are right now now and are there any emails or comments or particular responses or dms that make you feel like not obviously one by one but just a sort of sentiment that makes you feel this is why i do what i do yes let me pull that up for you (laughs) um yeah no um i do they they really i read as much all the messages that i can and some really kind words come through unfortunately i've gotten overshadowed in this combo from the anti-semitic comments but yeah there's such a great deal of of warmth and positivity and support. And I think that it's just people uh, who've had a bad day or they say, I needed this. That's the the comment the most that gets me because if you needed it one person, then job done. I'm not, you know, I really am just hoping that it'll help someone's day because when I started this, I I was at my lowest point and, and people are in low points. My lowest point was my father was a great milestone lot in a difficult time in my life. And it does something to sort of start your day a little bit with something positive, even if you're not feeling so positive, just the getting, letting those little moments get in, you know, they add up and I'm glad that I can do that if anyone needs it that day. Oh, that is beautiful, Nikki. I love that. I think it's the perfect segue. Just want to take a brief moment to tell you about my community, Smashing Life. It's a beautiful Jewish community that I'd absolutely love you to be a part of. It's a place to build the life you want on your terms, empowered by a community of like-minded Jewish women from all over the world. We have masterclasses and parties and get-togethers and socials and so much more. Um, Why don't I hand over to Ashley, one of our members from Los Angeles, and she can tell you what it's all about. So my favorite thing about being in Smashing Life is that it provides access to basically a group of friends where it's safe to share things that are good, that are bad, and things that you would never share publicly, like, I just took a pregnancy test and it came back negative. This sucks, everybody commiserate with me, or someone at work just threw me under the bus, and you know, people are so supportive, or you get to share something positive, like, you know, I just got a promotion at work, but I can't share it yet because it hasn't been announced yet. You can just share everything with each other and get 
get, you know, support, you can get just your group of friends cheering you on or commiserating with you, supporting you for whatever you need. And it's, it's so special. So there you have it, that Smashing Life. It's an incredible community membership club for Jewish women. And I'd love you to join. Just head to smashinglife.club, smashinglife.club and join today. So <laughs> what we're going to do here is it's up to you. You can answer in a word or two. You can tell me a whole story as you yeah. wish. Okay. <laughs> so tell me what do you prefer? Matzo ball soup or bagels with locks? I'm going to have to say matzo ball soup on this one. It's quite, yeah, I love my bagels and locks. I'm a New Yorker, as I mentioned, and it's definitely one of my favorites, but matzo ball soup is just it's home. It's home. warm. It's home. It's home. <laughs> Buy or bake a challah? Okay. I mean, it's always bake, but I... Yeah? I, I'm impressed. I, it, I mean, no, I don't... Okay. I didn't know if you meant my preference of yeah. flavor. I don't bake. I mean, I baked challah actually uh, recently, but I don't <laughs> typically... There are plenty of bakeries over here in New York with like some of the most outstanding challah, but I will say that my sister, when she bakes challah, I'll put it on her. When she bakes the challah, it is so scrumptious. And I I would prefer that any day of the week. Is there any better smell than freshly baked challah in that? I mean, oh oh my gosh. So good. (laughs) What does your Jewish life, your way mean to you? I think it's like any other relationship in our lives. It's personal. It's different for everybody. And for me, it's just about faith and tradition. There's a lot of comfort in just doing things the way my mom, her mom, her mom, you know, this is the beginning of time on repeat, you know, did certain yes. things and there's a real strength. It's sort of a, a community. I just, uh, I really love my experiences and love hearing about other traditions and things that people do within our community based on where they're from or what, you know, it just, Absolutely. so I love Absolutely. learning. You've just given me an idea for something uh-huh. I wanted to, to <laughs> ask you, which I didn't get around to asking you about, you know, one of my missions with what we do with the podcast, with the account, with the, with all the stuff is to show the diversity of, of the Jewish community around the world. Is that something that you've learned about more since you started the account or brought out or discovered or is it is it not particularly related to the work you're doing it's funny because I have so many different types of Jewish friends from different backgrounds uh you know Ashkenazi or Holocaust survivor family or my Syrian Spartan friends my Persian friends I mean so I learned so much from them I've been to many (laughs) various different members homes and things and and also it's, it's it's just people sending things in and I I love learning about it. It's important that we just discover different traditions from each other and enjoy it and celebrate it. And I just, uh, anytime I find things that are new or unique or like different Yemenite traditions, I mean, Mm. talk about wedding uh, status over there, um, these bridal looks. (laughs) I love the history. I love learning more. And then I love the most the comment section when people say, Oh, I have that, or I do that, or we practice that. Um, I often also post what I, what I get. So if you're listening and you have, um, you know, this great diversity, please send me more content because I I would love to share different Jewish traditions and uh, practices. Okay. Well, back to the quick fire. You didn't escape (laughs) that quickly. Favorite Jewish tradition. 
just kidding. Um, favorite <laughs> Jewish tradition. Oh, I'll, I'll give it this. Uh, my favorite Jewish tradition is going to be Shabbos. However anybody observes, it's this designated day of rest. It's sort of an acknowledgement that we all work hard, that even God commanded it. And, you know, especially in this day and age, having that sort of global understanding, it's not like I'm taking a day off and I'm still getting a ton of emails because everyone thinks I'm in the office. It's sort of like an understood universal, oh, you know, uh, it's, you know, she's not in or whatever it is. And it allows you to sort of take that meditative, restful, you know, decompression that we need because like we said, it's a tough world. So unplugging or, you know, disconnecting for a good bit is, uh, is a wonderful practice. And I'll, I'll throw this other one in there. Um, I've heard this also from one of my close friends who's a social worker and she's not Jewish and she's totally riveted by our, and I would agree with her, by our grieving process, our Jewish grieving process, uh, having the seven days, having the 30 days, and then having the year and how we honor it with the memorial candle. Um, and again, no matter how you practice, um, this design is just nice. Uh, I feel a lot of the tools that we have uh, are often shaped to help us and set us up to succeed. Thank you for highlighting the the Jewish morning as a tradition, because obviously I asked this question to, to a lot of guests, and obviously you're not the first person to say Shabbat, and then all the other ones. Oh. But actually, the, <laughs> the Jewish morning is, you can't call it a favorite tradition, you can't use that word, but it is so, like right. you say, well-designed, like I was going to add also to your list of all the things about Jewish morning, the, the funeral so quickly, you know, I couldn't have, sadly, I lost my mother recently, and I couldn't have waited any longer for the, do you know what I mean? It's so... I remember getting the news and just, again, I'm a private, quiet, you know, more of an introverted person that my initial reaction was like, I need to just curl up in a ball, not talk to anyone, disconnect, disengage, you know, it's probably standard reaction, especially because it was a shocking deck. It was, you know, not someone who was sick. It was just sudden and being required to go to Shiva and receive your community and get that you know, stuff that you may not realize you need. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to resume all those thoughts and feelings as soon as the Shiva practice is over. But it really gave, you know, it was a, an experience for me that was specific to our, you know, to Judaism, that design, that was really, it, I never thought about it before, um, until other people have different practice or don't do it that way. And so for me, it wasn't, you know, like you said, it's not a favorite, but it's definitely something interesting that I would put at a, you know, a prominent top of a list yeah. of something that's the way I the way I phrased it at the time I just felt so lucky to be Jewish in that in that period yeah. that's what it felt like lucky fortunate yeah. what is a couple more of these what oh. is <laughs> your favorite Jewish holiday there's so many to choose from for so many different reasons if you want to like talk about food this that um but if I'm being completely honest my favorite my favorite holiday is definitely Purim. Anyone would know that. Oh, it's cool. Like, That's it's fun. so good. You know, <laughs> listen, the entire month is in the theme of everything we've been saying um, and the opposite of everything I said with our grief process. It is the entire month, you know, surrounding Purim is, you know, there's sort of this mindset where you're supposed to be happy and it's, it is really full of joy and it's not because we're all blissfully happy and have no problems, but there's a directive that, you know, if you told, it's like, okay, you know what? Not really feeling great, but you know, it's Purim. Let me put a smile on. But it's 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 so festive. It's so in inclusive with kids and family and community and friends. However, you know, some people do costumes and you have the gift bags and the candy. I mean, what's not to like it? Even as its own cookie. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's so many things. So yeah, I would definitely say Purim. It's Maybe festive and you. fun, and it gives good vibes. Maybe I'll get you back on for a special Purim edition because you're definitely, yeah. I mean, we all love Purim, but sure. I can see it's it's next level for you. It is. It's <laughs> um, next level. 
<laughs> so I also want to ask you if you could invite three famous Jewish people or Jewish celebrities, dead or alive, to Friday night dinner, who would they be and why? Okay, if I'm bringing anyone back that's dead for Friday night dinner, so my father has to be, he's famous to me, so I'm going to have to put him in. have to be famous, that exactly. Opportunity, exactly, he needs to, to, to sit at that table. Absolutely. Um, like, you know, so, but then if I'm also having my dad, I'm really shaving my answers down here. I, I mean, I have to have my mom. She's probably going to want to talk to him too if I tell her <laughs> I went to Friday night dinner with my dad. It'll be really, like, a difficult one. Um, and I definitely, a first reaction, which you know, it's just funny. First reaction, if my dad's at the table, I would definitely say alive, see a little curveball here. I would love to have Jerry Seinfeld, who yes. my household would be considered like a great, like a gadol hadar, like a great of our generation. Um, and my father specifically is such a big, uh, was such a big fan of his and it was rooted in humor and, mm. and, and that energy. So I think it would be fun tape dinner guests and we can all, you know, brag about it, you know, the next day in shul. So Oh, you know, those, <laughs> that would be it. So I would say Jerry Seinfeld, say it in the same sentence as his wife, Jessica, who is such a huge advocate and voice for our community on Instagram that like, we have to like, it has to be a twofer. Um, well, let's because, give her a follow. Yeah. What's her Instagram? And then we'll put it in. The oh, it's notes. Jess Seinfeld. It's J-E-S-S -S Seinfeld. She she's she's such an the, advocate. Uh, show notes, Jess Seinfeld. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Let me know. Make sure I say, you know, she knows I say hi. Absolutely. And <laughs> um, finally, what small yeah. thing, or it can be a big thing, is bringing you joy lately? Oh, that's going to have to be my trip to Israel. Oh, <laughs> so tell me. I think that is considered a small thing. It, it's specifically due to the fact that pre-pandemic, we're allowed to say that word, um, <laughs> where, you know, it was, it was BC, an interesting time that I, COVID. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Instead of BCE. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it was a, it was an interesting uh, moment of thought when I had that awareness as all Jews out in the diaspora, you know, anyone who's not in Israel sort of had this moment where you're like, um, I know it's for a very specific reason, but this is the first time in my lifetime that I am not able to access Israel. I, you know, I've been almost so lucky we all have in this generation to, to have that freedom and to not have access to somewhere. It's like being locked out of your own house, you know, yes. before dinner or something. It's yes. like, I, I don't feel good about this. And I don't know when someone's going to get home and I need to get inside, you know, and it, it's been emotional and, you know, and going back, uh, it, it's, it's more than the usual visit, you know, it's, and also my father is buried in Israel. So not having access, if I would need it, you know, to go to, to, to visit his gravesite was also was really taxing on my heart. So mm. going to Israel is definitely top of the list because it's just breathes life <laughs> into me. Every time I visit, um, I feel like a different person. I feel like my sort of best version of myself and love it so much. Gosh, I could have said the exact same words, not that my trip right? was that so recent, but <laughs> just everything you say about Israel. And funny enough, my mother was also buried in Israel. And so there's, a, there's, there's, we could, we could you have get a, it. Yeah. 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 There's going to be um, an after chat you can tune into, maybe, yeah. guys. <laughs> we'll go over all the things. <laughs> well, Nikki, it has been, I can't believe how quickly the time has passed, but it's, it's time to say goodbye for now. But um, thank you for spreading your joy across the world with what you do. And I think it's important to highlight that you are not just an Instagram account. There's an incredible website, which is a rich resource in its own. 
And there's also so many, I didn't know you were also memes of Judaism and this of Judaism and that of Judaism. <laughs> Queen <Yeah>. of Judaism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Queen Nikki, thank you for coming on today. And I hope maybe we'll do a part two down the line, a Purim, a Purim appreciation or something along right. those lines. <laughs> something completely Love different. it. I love it anytime. And thank you so much for having me and giving the opportunity to speak to your audience. And uh, I hope that, uh, I hope this was well enjoyed. Thank you. If you want my free guide to how to stand up to anti-Semitism in 2022 in a safe, effective way, just go to yourjewishlife.co slash stop. That's yourjewishlife.co slash S-T-O-P. It's a really great guide. It's really concise, takes you a few minutes to read, but it's got tips for dealing with overt acts of anti-Semitic hate, as well as microaggressions. There's lots of resources, additional books, Instagram accounts and podcasts, and it's just a really, really empowering resource that everyone needs to own. It's my How to Stand Up to Anti-Semitism in a Safe, Effective Way guide. It's at yourjewishlife.co slash stop.